0: Everybody, Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast by two brothers from the same mother discussing fantasy football, giving their takes, analysis, and everything in between. I am one of the hosts. I am the younger brother. My name is Derek. And as always, I am here with the older brother, again, same mother, Daryl. Daryl, my man. Championship week is here. We're doing matchup previews today. Got a new little kind of segment we'll do. Of course some DBB as always. How you feeling, man? You nervous?
1: Yeah, I'm nervous. Um that from from the last pod is switched from like that uncomfortable nervousness to the exciting nervousness we are now as of, you know, the time we started the recording inside of 2 hours. Until um, the Cowboys take on the Titans, which may not necessarily be a great game, but the fantasy fallout will be immense. And yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm ready to get it going. I'm ready to get it going. <laughs>
0: for sure, for sure. Same here. Um, I believe last podcast I mentioned it, and if I didn't, I got two championship games this week, as well as in the keeper league. Um, if I win this matchup, I have the ability to have the first pick for next year. Um, so, yeah, a lot of ramifications going on this week. Let's um, let's go ahead and dive in since we got a lot to get through with our matchup previews. Going to look at three matchups here. First one we'll look at, it'll be those Chicago Bears heading to Detroit. Chicago comes in this game at 3-12. Detroit at 7-8. I did not make my notes properly as far as what the spread was per the sheet, but some numbers I have seen is that the total being at 52, i.e. the over-under, and Detroit came in as a six-point favorite, and this is per the score. Daryl, talk to me about those Chicago Bears. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And, yeah, those are the same um, spread and totals that I had. So, yeah, we're right there. So, the Bears, coming into week 17. It's not a lot here, man. It's not a lot here. I guess the good thing is they're going up against the Lions, you know, but a lot of these names that you have to sift through on this team just yee-doggy. Um, but anyway, you know, to get I'll get to it. I think Justin Fields is set up pretty pretty dang well. In this game, you know the Lions are giving up the third most points to quarterbacks, and over the last five weeks, you have that aspect of it, and then you have the fact that it's Justin Fields, and he can put up a forty burger at any moment. So, for for my money, if I if I were a manager that had him on my team, I'd be just fine starting him. I would not be looking to stream. Now we see, you know. Things kind of get a little bit dicey. We start looking at the running backs. And, you know, first off, looking at David Montgomery. After last week with what we saw, um, what we saw the Carolina running backs do to Detroit, you might think, oh, this matchup is is looking kind of sweet for the boy David Montgomery. But then, even with that matchup factored in over Detroit's last five games, they're giving up the fewest points per game to the running back. So you know, as we kind of talked about last pod, it's like, would the real Detroit please stand up? You know, is it is it that team that let Chuba and Dante Foreman run all over them, or is it who they have been coming into it? So I'm I would start David Montgomery. Hopefully, you know, as a white, you know, as your running back to maybe even a flex type thing. Hopefully, he's not your big gun running back, so to speak. Um, but there's There's a low floor here. There's a very low floor here, depending on which Detroit Lions run defense decides to get out of bed in that game. And for me, it's a no thanks on Khalil Herbert, just because, you know, Montgomery gets a significant share of the workload. So even if he's not particularly efficient, he could volume his way to something good. Khalil Herbert's just going to have to, by, by what I'm looking at, by what I think, um, Khalil Herbert's just going to have to be straight-up efficient, and I would prefer not to have to roll with that in my lineup, me, myself, personally. Um, now, looking at the wide receivers, just yuck. Just pure, unadulterated <laughs> yuck. And this is another mixed bag because – so Detroit's been giving up the third most points to the wide receiver position over the last five weeks. But then your choices are pretty much between Byron Pringle, Dante Pettis, and if Chase Claypool plays. Well, that's hard to say. If Chase Claypool plays, anyway, <laughs> um, if if he does play, you know he's coming off he's coming off an injury on a not that explosive pass attack. So my my ultimate preference would be to not play any of these guys even if Claypool comes back. I think if you're just like in a dart throw type of thing, if Claypool comes back, maybe like if you're in a situation where you have you know, you guys are running like three flex players, maybe you put him in there. If he does not play, Byron Pringle got the got the majority of the routes last week, but his target share was for was for nothing. So and Dante Pettis just I can't recommend playing any of these guys in good conscience. I, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to get there, but I can't. So that's my final analysis on that. Don't play them. Look elsewhere. Yeah, that, that's it on them. Now, last but not least, Cole Komet. Um, the Lions are a decent matchup for tight ends. They're not, you know, they don't, they're don't. they not food, but they're not, you know, inedible. So um, you, you pair that with the fact that Commit's usage is just through the roof. You know, he's lately he's running ninety percent of the routes, seeing a twenty five plus percent target share. Like he's he's got a he's got a pathway, a volume based pathway to get you a um, a tight end one finish. Not I don't mean like overall tight end one, but just like you know um, a top twelve finish at the position. So mm-hmm. I'd be more than fine playing him, especially if I don't have like one of the big three or four. Uh, so yeah. That's that's my uh, those are my thoughts on the bear side of things. Um, what say you?
0: Yeah, my only note was for Cole commit um, in the previous game against Detroit. He went for for 74 and two. Detroit hasn't been good against tight ends um, in regards to points given up to the tight end position. They've given up the fifth most points and then they are tied for the most touchdowns to the tight end position. So, yeah, Cole commit perfectly fine as a. Um, streaming or a tight end one position. So yeah, this is a guy that I think should be in there. So yeah, that's that's it right. in Chicago. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so moving on to
1: Detroit, I think Jared Goff is a go, and it's it's I know it's a very hard kind of thing to square in your mind that you're playing Jared Goff in your fantasy um, championships, but you know, just look at his body of work over their year number one. And number two, look at the fact that the Bears are giving up the most quarterback points per game over the last five weeks. Like they are giving up the most over the last five weeks. I th- I think you just got to put on your big boy pants, hat, shirt, whatever article of clothing and play Jared Goff. That's, that, that, that's a solid move to me. Now, their running back room is just a mess. It, it, it really is just a mess. <laughs> and it's a shame because Chicago, you know, they're not at all a daunting matchup against the run. You know, like you, you feel comfortable putting in a running back to play against them if their running back room were settled. This Lions room just is not settled. And I really don't even have a recommendation as a flex from them. Like I would not feel comfortable starting any one of those three guys. Um, those guys being Justin Jackson, um, Jamal, um, why was I about to say Charles? Jamal Williams and uh, Deion J Swift. He should be the furthest thing from this conversation. Oh, great one. Anyway, um, yeah, my recommendation is I, I, I wouldn't start any one of these guys. Um, I'm not sure if your roster can afford you such a luxury, but if it can, then let it do. Um, as for the pass catching options, Amon Ra, he's an obvious go and he's got smash potential in this game. You play it, set it, forget it, and hopefully a few touchdowns, find uh find his hands. And I don't mind DJ Chark as a flex play. Um, you know, he, he he's he's been out there for like over eighty percent of the routes over the last few weeks, and Jared Goff does look for him long. You know, this he, he can make his numbers on just a couple of receptions and he will have opportunities to do it and outside of that i wouldn't play any of the other pass catchers that goes for receivers and tight end i would just uh i stick with Amara, maybe some Chark in the flex and then that would be it and that's all i got on the lions
0: for sure and it's it seems so weird with such a high total it doesn't seem like it's so many players at a full go that you want in your fantasy lineup. But I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And I'm in line with you. Um, The only thing I kind of fight back against is the running backs here. Um, I think somebody here should produce as far as which guy it will be. It's hard to really say, especially considering how the usage is. But I think I have a feeling that we'll be talking about one of these guys a little bit later um, in the pod
1: preview 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 I don't know what what was they said in don't drink your juice um message message <laughs> okay <laughs> All right so we'll turn the page to the next game we're going to preview and that would be the Minnesota Vikings going to play the Green Bay Packers Minnesota is 12 and 3 already locked into the playoffs have a potential to get uh, to get a bye actually if some things break their way and the Packers are sitting at seven and eight, they're trying to fight their way into the playoffs. So this is, um, this is a everybody needs this. Everybody wants this type of uh, situation as it stood. Um, as of last night, Green Bay is favored by three and a half points with an over under of 48 points. So Derek, why don't you walk me through what you are seeing on the Minnesota side of things?
0: Sure. So this has the potential to be the best game of this weekend. Um, I think that's probably like a 10% chance that happens because there's another game we'll discuss right after this. But it's still in the, in the um, realm of things to happen, just simply because both of these teams, like you mentioned, need this win. But starting with Minnesota, uh, Kirk Cousins, man's been cooking lately from a fantasy perspective. The past five games, he's had four top 10 finishes. Again, from where you drafted this guy and these type of performances, it's in line with a little bit of sprinkle of extra goodness because, you know, you weren't looking at Kirk Cousins as a set-it-and-forget-it quarterback probably every single week. But the fact that you're kind of getting that in these last five weeks, gravy. Looking at Green Bay, though, they have the 11th fewest points given up to the quarterback position. Um, but within these past six games, they've given up the 13th most points. So I think this is a a spot for Kirk cousins to, um, have a good game here. I view him as the top 12 quarterback this week. I believe PFF has him around the nine or 10 range. And I think that's where cousins is. If you have him on your roster, he should be in your lineup unless you have one of the other Konami codes, uh, quarterbacks or, um, like, a, yeah, one of those guys, or if you have like a Joe Burrow, for example. Moving on to the running back position, Dalvin Cook. Um, looking at Green Bay, their top 12 in points given up to the running back position. So this should be a good spot for Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin himself, outside of that explosive game versus Indy, where everybody ate, uh, he's been outside the top 10 in running back finishes. Um, and with, and with that, he's been RB 15, um, during this time and that's within the past seven games. I forgot to write it on my sheet, but I remembered it in my head. Um, and also looking at his target per route run, he's been 46 best during that time. So it's kind of been a semi rough go for him. Um on your roster here recently outside of that explosion a couple weeks ago but you have him you're putting him in your lineup in this matchup um based on the numbers you can see a ceiling of a top 5 running back position or he could be around his usual mark where he's been in around the teens to 20 so to the wide receivers Justin Jefferson 1756 yards on the year I don't need to tell you what to do with this man put him in your lineup they played this team in week one. A lot of football has been played since then, but he gave them 184 and two touchdowns. Start this man. Adam Thielen. Uh, wide receiver 31 on the season. So, numbers wise, that's a wide receiver three. That's that's gravy. But the last seven games, he's seen a 15% target share and has had three top 30 finishes within those seven games. So You know, it's not a whole lot of confidence that you have with this man on your roster and putting him in your lineup. Um, I would think probably in most instances you would not be starting him this week. You probably if you made it to this this part of the season, you probably have a better option. Um, But if you are looking at him, I see him as probably upper tier wide receiver for this week. Not really in love with it. KJ Osborne. No thank you. Again, he's had some explosions the past couple of weeks. But no thank you. You can't count on this man on your lineup this week. And finally, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Green Bay has been pretty good against tight ends this year. Um, But when I looked at them recently, they hadn't really faced any of those elite tier tight ends like your Kittles, your Kelsey's. Um, I'm not that 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 list is getting very thin Um, Andrews but when I looked at some of the tight ends they faced recently they did have Cole commit he went six for 72 Dalton Schultz six for 54 in a tutty and of course Austin Hooper he got two touchdowns off of 36 yards. so there should be no inhibitions about starting TJ Hawkinson put him in um, tight end Probably a tight end one to five range there. He's tied in two on the season overall. So start it and forget it. Yeah, man. That's, <clears throat> That's pretty much well said all around. Like, I
1: I basically got no notes to add on that. Um, you, you know, I think, um, yeah, pretty much, yeah, just feeling I, I have him as about a flex play. And I'm just really... Hoping not to, not to have to play him, but the levers for the Vikings, you know, they pretty much, they pretty much pull them pull themselves for for this game, and they just play such exciting games and whatnot that like anything could happen with with them, you know, against them, with them. So having some chips on this game in some in some way, especially with the big dogs that they have in this game. Like yeah, that's there's there's there should be no there should be no um no trepidation on your part in playing the big names from this team this week. I'm I'm with that one hundred percent. Yep. So yep. what what
0: about Green Bay? Green Bay. We'll start with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. He has two QB one finishes all season, man. That's pretty crazy to say. Like yeah, it's, but it is what it is. Um, Of course, like I mentioned, these teams faced off in week one. He did struggle in that matchup. If you haven't seen it enough, this is also the same game where Christian Watson dropped that pass. I'm so sick of seeing that highlight of him. Well, I guess it's a low light of him dropping that pass. Cause it seems like every montage with Christian Watson with him exploding has been showing, Oh, week one, he dropped that pass. So sick of seeing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, let's move on. Um, the Vikings secondary though is food. Um, all that said, I like Aaron as a streamer this week. PFF has him as QB 11 this week, below Trevor Lawrence, uh, Kirk Cousins, and even Gardner Minshew. I'm guessing that's them seeing uh, Minshew starting this week. I think that's fair. Um, I would probably value Aaron a little bit more than Trevor Lawrence simply because of the matchup there. And really the Jaguars don't need to do anything in that game against the Texans. It doesn't matter for playoff potential. So yeah, I like Aaron Rodgers in that end of QB one range there, the running backs. I do like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon this week. Um, and, and a lot of that just has to do within the past seven games, Minnesota's given up six and a half receptions to running backs, and that's second most during the time frame. And even though their run defense has not has been fairly solid and not given up a whole lot of um, running or actual rushing yards, if you will, I do like these two from that standpoint of being able to catch the ball and then. If you looked at their yards per carry um, in that first matchup, even though they essentially got blown out, the yards per carry uh, numbers for both of them were pretty good. So I do like um, them this week. Aaron Jones and his usual probably lower tier RB1 tier, and A.J. Dillon probably has a lower tier RB2. Um, That's the thoughts on that. And then to the pass catchers, Uh, Christian Watson he did not practice today I don't think he's going to play this week so if you have Alan Lazard load him up Um, he did see 11 targets last week against Miami and that was with you know Watson going out of the game near is very generous to the wide receiver position they've given up the second most points to that position so I think this potentially could be a big game for Lazard if uh, Watson is out and if Watson is out, um, I think Romeo dubs makes for a lower, lower tier, solid flex play, uh, maybe around a wide receiver forish. ish. I do think that Green Bay can be successful in this game, passing and running the ball, um, more so passing again. I discussed it with the running backs. So, yeah, Romeo dubs. I wouldn't mind him, again, late, you know, wide receiver four. Um, I'm trying to think of some guys. I would def- I would feel more comfortable starting him over Thielen and KJ Osborne. So, yeah, around that tier. All right. Well, then I will
1: begin a tour ending. You know, if Christian Watson does play, um, you know, he hadn't practiced yet this week, as you said. If he's able to get there, get out there and practice tomorrow, you know, if he gets a full practice, then I feel comfortable playing him. I'd be a little iffy, though, if he's only limited tomorrow and he comes out and plays that game on a questionable tag without logging a full practice. Um, assuming that he doesn't play, I'm right there with you. Um, I think Lazard is a must start if you have him on your roster, if Christian Watson is out. Again, because Minnesota is, uh, b- because they just give it up to the wide receiver position. I I like Romeo Dobbs. Um, I think better than, than than you do in the event that Christian Watson misses. Like I would be, okay. I, I, I would be fine playing him um, as a as a flex play. Um, you know, speaking uh, you know speaking of my own fantasy teams, like I I have Christian Watson and. I went and picked up Romeo Dobbs. I'm, I'll be so disappointed if Watson's not able to play this week because um, this this would have been a coming out party for him. He would have made up for that um, for for that dropped ball that we've seen a uh, replays of a time or two. Um, so you know that's that, that's where I'm with Romeo Dobbs. I, I I would not feel because the, the the reason why I say that is, and this is just me speculating. It's like I don't know anything, but. I think when Green Bay would be in two receiver sets, I think it would be Dubs and um, and Lazard out there, and then Randall Cobb would get run um, when they when they're in th- um, three receiver sets or or more. So right, um, and that's again that's just speculation. I don't have anything on that, so um, you could very well turn out to be right that he's just a very kind of lower lower uh, tier floor, but I think he does have a pretty high ceiling though because of. Um, because of the way you need to attack Minnesota. Like, they're they're an extreme pass funnel. Um, and I say extreme pass funnel. It's not because their run defense is, like, kind of lights out. Their run defense is pretty okay. But their pass defense is just woeful. So, um, anyway, on that – and, yeah, besides those two, I, w- I, I wouldn't really mess with Cobb. I wouldn't mess with Tanya. Um, either one of those guys could pop up and have a good game, but I don't feel that you can count on it. So, I can't recommend starting them. Uh looking at the running backs, this is another kind of injury situation they have going on. You know, Aaron Jones was on limited touches last week because I can't I don't remember if he sustained an injury in the game or he came into the game a little hobbled, but he only got eight touches last week. And for what he does for this team, um, you know, being their being their primary pass catching running back this would have been a great matchup to have him out there, just like a really great matchup. Um, he was limited in practice today, I, I believe. So, you know, hopefully between now and game time, he's able to to get himself up to a full go and be able to get out there because I would be super excited to throw him into my lineup if I knew he was um, – if I knew there was like a good possibility he'd get a quote-unquote full workload. Um either way though i'd be i'd be fine with playing aj dillon if aaron jones plays i think dillon is like a flex consideration and he moves to like a lower tier rb1 upper tier rb2 to me if aaron jones doesn't play um so i uh, because they're not afraid to use him in the past game I mean, they don't use him in the same way that they use aaron jones but he can mess around and get three or four receptions like easy and with the thighs on that boy, like he could, he, he could house one or, or put up some good yardage if they get him on the right screen pass. So, I would be fine. I'd be fine with 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 Dylan, and especially if um, if Aaron Jones is not able to play. And as for Rodgers, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. I didn't even go back the whole season. I was, I was just saying, yeah, he has one top ten finish on the year, and it just ah, uh, you know. I don't I don't think he's passed for 300 yards in a game this year either. If if he has it would have happened like in the last week or two. And I can't remember off the top of my head the kind of yardage he passed for these past couple weeks, but I think he's a solid streaming play if you're if you're in kind of a desperate situation. So like if you're if we're in a if if you're like considering between him and a Brock Purdy, and a Mike White. Um, I I think Aaron has the best matchup out of all of them, but we just haven't seen that ceiling game out of him. And to make the leap of faith that he's going to come through with that in the fantasy finals, uh, I don't know. Maybe not a ceiling game, but I think maybe you can rely on the fact that he could certainly – he he has a very good potential to reach like a floor like he could he should be able to get you a good 16 17 points kind of thing whether or not he's going to get you 25 that's that's kind of up in the air so you know I I would kind of navigate the rest if I were gonna play Aaron Rodgers I'd navigate the rest of my roster on that you know he has a good he has a good path to a good 16 17 18 points. He probably won't get me the twenty-five or twenty-six points, but there is a tiny path there for that because of the matchup against Minnesota. So, those, yeah, th- those are pretty much my thoughts on Rodgers and the boys. I feel a whole lot more comfortable about Rodgers if Christian Watson were playing, but um, it just is what it is at this point. So, yeah, uh,
0: that's that's all I got on Green Bay. All right. And our last matchup here, we got Buffalo sitting at 12 and three, going into Cincinnati, 11 and four. Per our sheet, Buffalo is a one point favorite. Over under sitting at 49 and a half. Man, this could be a preview for the um, AFC potential championship here, man. Um, go ahead and break it down. Start on that Buffalo side. Yeah, this is so
1: I think maybe game of the year up until this point. Um, you know, especially going into the week was when Buffalo played Kansas City. But I think now with all that we know about these teams and what they're you know, what what expectations we have of them and what and the potential that we think every team has, this right here could be game of the year, especially with all that's at stake. Um, so looking at the Buffalo side. I'll get the big the big ones out of the way Josh Allen auto start Steph Diggs auto start um I know I know this that Diggs has been a little disappointing as of late but it's Stefan Diggs you're not coming anywhere close to benching him so you know I don't I don't feel I need to elaborate too much on that excuse me excuse me so looking at the other parts of the receiving core, Gabe Davis, he gets a big ah yeah, yeah, from me um, on this week. You know he's he's very risky. He hasn't finished as a wire a wide receiver two or better in seven of his last eight games. Hasn't been top twenty four in seven of his last eight. And you know, since Cincinnati is kind, of, they're they're kind of a middle of the road um, uh, pass defense. You can run him out there, run him out there as a flex. Play a, play for some boom bust potential from him, but just know that the floor is is kind of low. The the floor is pretty low there, so if you run him in your if you run him out there, and he only gets you five, six, seven points, you can't be surprised because that's kind of been who he's been over over the last few weeks. So. I'm not excited to start him if he's on my, if he's on my team. Since this has been going on for such a long while for him, you could very well have better options available to you. And I strongly consider, you know, I do my due diligence and strongly consider perhaps, uh, perhaps sitting him. It could blow up in your face, or it could be the best decision you ever made. But that's such as life. On the Gabe, uh, on the Gabe Davis roller coaster, um, Dawson Knox. This is about a middle of the road matchup for tight ends. I think he's going to be set up to be um, touchdown dependent in in this game. So I don't hate him. I don't love him, but he does have you know given given his usage over the past few weeks. You know, I think I think we can kind of ignore. Um, last week's game because it was a it it was a weather game and they went they went extremely run heavy in that game but before that he was at well over 80% of um, route participation and that's 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 mana from heaven for uh, tight ends and especially for Josh Allen's tight end so you're not putting him out there in a hopeless situation he has some path to glory so you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be scared to start him. Um yeah, he 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 has some paths to fantasy goodness, but they're not, you know, it's it's not it's not guaranteed by any stretch. And lastly, looking at the Buffalo running back situation. So over over the past two weeks, you know, Singletary and um and Cook are they're more or less in a 60-40 split in in, in Singletary's favor and the good thing is over the last couple of weeks they've really kind of phased out Naheem Hines so they're getting a 60 40 split of all the stuff you know so it's um it's better than what it was looking like you know a few weeks ago when Naheem Hines was out there for like 17 to 20% of the snaps now um the thing though is you know when you bring in the fact that Cincy is not a great matchup for running backs. You know, I I feel fine playing Singletary as my as my running back too. I think he's a low end too. And I think um, I think Cook comes in as a flex option. I'm not I'm not excited about Cook in that in that flex role, but it's defensible. You'll you'll have some outs, you'll have some opportunities and the guy is talented as hell so you know you you, you're not putting him out there on a total wish and a prayer like there is um there is some opportunity behind it to justify that choice
0: well said i got two notes first one is on gabe davis um i think you were spot on like he's a boom bust guy that i mean i think at the end of the week you're either looking it's gonna be one of the two it's either whoo bad i didn't start on mars dang that boy dropped a boy dropped a 30 burger or something like that um yeah but yeah if you're if you're having to play him um here's a nugget for you at least per fantasy pros He's seen seven red zone targets over the last four games. So, you know, at least getting two looks deep down there in the red zone a the game, these past four games, is something to hang your hat on. And then with the running backs, yeah, since he with the matchup they are defensively, it's uh it's kind of some tough streets there. But I think I think there's room for one or both of these guys to do a little bit of something, especially if this game ends up being close. I think there could be some touches spread out between them, and maybe one of them ends up getting in the end zone and giving you some production. Which one it is? Hard to say. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead. Let's flip it and look at the Sensi side. Cool, cool.
1: So Joe Burrow, let's start with him. The Bills are a very tough matchup for quarterbacks. They, there's just no sugarcoating that or, or anything like that. So, you know, if you're gonna ride with Joe Burrow, you just have to make that decision. Like I'm riding with my guy. He got me here. He's a big game player. He's a big game hunter. It's Joe Burrow or nothing. So like, and I would be in that camp. Just so just so you know, like there's no way I'm streaming away from 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 Joe Burrow without having, you know, like a Josh Allen or Hertz if he plays or something like that. You know, so and who there's probably two people in all of fantasy dumb that have that, um that have that option. So I'm riding with him. I'm not looking to dip down to the streamers like a like a Aaron Rodgers or Purdy. Um, a Mike White or something like that, or even like a Geno. Um, I'm going down with the ship with Joe Burrow. That's just me. This man plays well in big games. We've seen it all the way since college. I'm in. Um, Mixon and P. Ryan. you know, they're kind of in a similar situation to Singletary and Cook. They've, since Mixon's come back, they're about in a 60-40 split. Uh, since since Mixon came back from injury, I mean, um, with Mixon kind of in the role as, as of the banger, and P Ryan does more of the passing down work. Uh, you know, P Ryan will get some of you know some some carries between the tackles and stuff like that. But um, if you wanted to if you wanted to like try to box them in as far as what they do, you know, P Ryan's the passing down guy, and Mixon is the running between the tackles and still get a few targets kind of guy as well um I like again another tough another tough position group matchup I like mixing you know I think he's all right I think he's like if you were to rank him and you start putting names down on paper I think he's about a high end too that that's about where I would have him a high end running back too but more than likely if he's on your team he's your RB one. Just you, you, you're gonna play him. My expectation though is that he finishes somewhere between 11th and 15th on the um on the day. Um, and P Ryan, I could see him as a flex, uh, as a flex option, if this game gets into shootout type scenario. If the game gets to where Cincinnati is feeling that they need to pass a lot, either because it's working or because Buffalo gets them down. There is, a, there is a script for things to work out very well for P. Ryan. Um, I don't know how much you can count on that so and like feel comfortable with it, but if that happens to be your read on this game, that since he's going to need to pull some stuff out um, in 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 the passing game and have to do that a lot, then I think P. Ryan would be a fine play. It's just, you know, I don't feel... This season has taught me I don't have the greatest feel in the world for how these game scripts are going to play out. Um, you know, the Texans took the Chiefs to overtime. So, um, and then looking at um, looking at the wide receiver core, Higgins and Chase, stardom. The same refrain though, Buffalo ain't a great matchup for wide receivers. They're not, you know, they're not suffocating. They're also they're not food. But Higgins and Chase. Way too talented to sit him, to, to to go away from him. Have a great quarterback who plays well in big games. Those dudes, um, especially like in this latter half of the year, more than likely were a large key reason for what got you here. I would not go away from him. Play those men. Tyler Boyd, he's a desperation flex for me. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 just don't feel I've seen the consistency from him to 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 put him out there, and you know, feel feel that I can depend on him as anything more than than like a flex option. And like, you know, if I'm playing in a league where I have two or three flex options, a two or three flex positions, he'd be my second or third one, kind of thing. And as for Trent Irwin and Mitchell Wilcox, those guys are no's for me. I know Trent Irwin did his thing last week, but um, there's not a chance that I'm going to bank on that happening again against Buffalo. Not going to do it. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Bengals.
0: Right on, man, right on. Um, only other note I was going to add was dealing with Tyler Boyd. Uh, Per Fantasy Pros, he's seeing about a 13.5% target share and about 18% of the team's air yard. So hasn't been really um, sexy numbers, if you will, from Tyler Boyd. He's been hit or miss um, all this season. But doesn't this just seem like a week where he would just have a big game and become a fantasy god of some sort?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you look. You're, you're you're not wrong because when he does when he does blow up, like he blows up, and so you know it could be the kind of thing where Buffalo is just like, all right, we're taking away T, we're taking away Jamar. You're gonna have to nickel and dime us with Tyler Boyd, and he just works some magic. That very well, that very well could happen. Like I'm not, you know, if you decide to play him. You're not running, you know. You're not running him out there naked. Like he has some outs, uh, kind of thing. It's just, you know, given the toughness of that matchup. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. He could be like a one hitter quitter um, fantasy, uh, fantasy legend this week, and just kind of take and kind of take some unsuspecting underdog to uh, you know over the top to a championship this year.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, those are those three matchups. We're going to do a little last thing to, to wrap it up here. Going to put some lipstick on the pig, AKA dress it up and make it real for me. Shout out to Future on that line there. Daryl, my man, the matchup I want you to look at. Let me get my timer ready. All right. Boom, boom. We're good there. Just
1: going off the dome on this. This is all freestyle. <laughs> I'm giving you a minute. Oh,
0: Talk me into watching the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Atlanta, where Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point favorite and the over-under is 42. You have a minute. Go.
1: Well, yeah, obviously, both of these teams are in the dumps, but both there's some fantasy goodness to be had in this game. You know, the Atlanta defense – they give it up to receiving options, so I would not be surprised if a D-hop, if a Marquise, um, Marquise Brown, if a Greg Dortch, if a Trey McBride kind of stands up and does some work and puts the team over the top. On the Atlanta side, Tyler Algier and um, and Cordell Patterson, they have a chance to blow up. I there, there could be some ancillary pieces or pieces that we think are ancillary to, you know, fantasy rosters that really come through and put teams over the top. So, yeah, I, I could see having some interest in this game. And then who knows, maybe Desmond Ritter figures something out um, <laughs> in, in his next-to-last game as the starter this and year.
0: And time. Well done. I would say that's tried, that's man. a beef. That's a that's a B-plus, man. I think you stirred the people enough to at least give it an initial watch maybe for some Arizona offensive explosion with Colt McCoy being back there too. <laughs> B-plus. The B stands for bars. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Um, we're going to get into a new little segment here just for this uh, time of the year. We call it Let's Go Crazy. Shout out to Prince, man. Yes, sir. Boom, 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 boom. So what, we, what we're going to do here is look at some guys um, that are outside the top 12 at the quarterback and tight end position and outside the top 24 or 25-ish for the running back wide receivers um, that we think have the potential to be like a league-winning play for you this week and go into the fantasy lore of, Remember when I started XYZ in week 17 of that season and they came through for me? So, yeah, that's what we're going to look at here. Daryl, I'm going to turn it over to you. Go ahead and give me your quarterback and your tight end. And what we're going to do here is basically put together a pseudo-fantasy lineup here where we'll have basically a quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. All right, at quarterback, I'm gonna ride with
1: Dirty Brock Purdy
0: Ooh, playing against okay.
1: playing against the Raiders. I think the way this whole thing just oh okay number one, the Raiders are just a bad a bad defense. They're particularly bad against the run, but the threat of um, of the 49ers run game just opens up so much for what they could do in the past that you know. I don't I don't think their pass defense is anywhere It's gonna be any worry. And then on the other side of that, I think this stuff, all these shenanigans that went down, the way they handled the whole Derek Carr situation, I think there's a good chance they might have lost that locker room. I don't think those guys are gonna go out there and quit, but you know, it could be like a repeat of what we saw with um with Denver in their in their last game, where, you know, these guys just look like this whole this whole coaching situation is out of here. So I think the 49ers go there and put some on them and Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy get you a couple tutties and um and a few hundred yards. So yeah, I'm riding with Purdy as my quarterback and for my tight end I just mentioned him when I was talking about the um the Atlanta um the Atlanta Arizona game. I'm going to ride with Trey McBride. Right with, with Trey McBride, Atlanta is atrocious. Ooh. Atrocious against the tight end position, as I spoke about on the last pod. Trey McBride's like route share has been through the roof. He's bound to pay off one of these weeks, and I'm sure there's any number of desperate um, championship fantasy managers who are looking for good tight end play. I think Trey McBride has every pathway in the world to uh to you know to, to lift some fantasy spirits.
0: Let's go crazy. Ba, 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 ba. Yes sir. Good good calls, man. I I don't mind it and I'm currently looking at starting Brock Purdy in one of my leagues. So championship week, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Um, what about you? <laughs> So, for me, uh, it's not cheating because this guy is outside the top 12 for the PFF rankings, but at quarterback, I went with Mike White. I had to do it. He's getting Seattle. Um, oh, there's Seattle's- nothing wrong
1: with that. He's on my list. He, he's on my <laughs> list. I, I I just went with Purdy because I thought I think the Raiders are a little more dysfunctional. But, yeah, no no, no
0: offense taken. You're good. You're good, my boy. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, so Seattle gives up the 11th most points to the quarterback position. Um, Mike White, average-wise, average, average wise, with his three starts, he's at QB 12. I mean, that's a top 12 quarterback average there. Um, but, yeah, he's coming back here. He's basically fighting for his life, his starting life, to potentially uh, start for this team next season. And there's a possibility that that does not happen at all. And what better way to go out in fantasy lore, throw for, you know, 280, three touchdowns. Why not, man? Let's do it. (laughs) It could happen to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And for my tight end, let's stack it up, baby. Give me Tyler Conklin. Give me the conk, man coming in pff tight end 20 um he's had some success with uh, mike white at the quarterback spot and joe flacco for sure um not a whole lot with mr wilson but hey this could be opportunity for him and given all that along with seattle being food from the tight end positioning we've talked about this multiple times on the pod Remember way back early in the year, there was a tight end by the name of Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Who played football for Atlanta. He had a get right game against them. Everybody gets right against uh, Seattle. So I'm doing the New York Jets stack heading up there to Seattle.
1: Hey, that's, you know what, especially if you are a bit of an underdog in your in your championship matchup to run a little stack like that and get a little correlation going. That's, that's the, that, That's not a bad play. That's not a bad play at all, especially when it's such a favorable stack um, I, like that one is, like at the individual positions. Like, yeah, that, that's not a bad play at all. Um. So what what do we do next?
0: I got you. Let's go ahead. Let's get some running backs on here. Give me two running backs that you're looking at. Well, why don't you
1: pick first? I, I, I pick my quarterback and tight end first. You, you You pick your two running backs first, and then I'll –
0: I'll do that. For sure, for sure. Two running backs I'm going with, we've talked about today, actually. First one, Jamal Williams coming in, PFF 31 for the running backs ranked this week. Earlier when they played, well, not earlier this year, it may have been, I think it was early November, so a month and a half ago when they played him, he had a touchdown in that game, had maybe about. 49 59 yards not a whole lot there but look the running backs had two touchdowns that game with deandre swift having the other you're at home you haven't really performed that well for fantasy managers the past couple of weeks why not why not jamal williams this week jamal williams give me two touchdowns on like 55 yards Amon rod get tackled at the one dj chart get tackled at the three Jamal Williams plotted in. Why not? <laughs>
1: hey, It's it's worked 14 or so times already this year. So, yeah,
0: I feel that. Right. The other running back, um, it's not really any science to it. It's just working the narrative of he's a talented running back, um, a rookie. He's come along slowly through the season, and now he's worked his way to getting and demanding touches every week. Got a juicy matchup in regards to the over-under. I went with James Cook here, coming in at, as PFF, running back 37 this week. I think there could be an opportunity here for him to break one loose, and this, go, this goes ahead and gets that buzz going for him next year as him being that running back one on this team, on the team, to be clear and then getting him maybe into, you know, the top 15 to 20 running back being drafted next season. So I'm going with James Cook as my other running back. Word. Okay. So James Cook and Jamal Williams. All right.
1: I feel that. I feel that. So for mine, all right. Even though they're favored by near a touchdown, the New York Giants, I mean, those boys just play close games. I'm anticipating they don't run away from Indianapolis. So I think the boy Zach Moss has the potential to get a lot of work, and the Giants are terrible against the run. Ooh, okay. So I think Zach Moss could end up sneaking onto somebody's roster and giving them a good good little push that they need to bring home the championship. So Zach Moss is my first one. And for my second one, all right. For my second guy, I'm going to try to predict game script here, even though I said, you know, I hadn't been too good at it before. I'm going to go with Jermichael Hasty. Ooh. So follow, Ooh, follow me on this one. Back. Okay. Okay. Go Follow ahead. me on this one. There's a couple ways this could get there, right? This game does not matter to Jacksonville. Like if they win this game, it gives them like a it, it adds like maybe like six percentage point chance that they'll make the playoffs. But really, it well if they if they win this game and they don't win against Tennessee in week 18 winning this game will have added like a 6% chance of them making the playoffs and they're just going to need a whole lot of help from a bunch of other teams for that to happen so all that to say this game is essentially meaningless for them so if they can get out to a big lead against Houston early I think old coach Dougie Peterson starts pulling guys and I think that Travis Etienne would be one of the first guys to get yanked if this game gets out of hand, really in either direction because the Texans have been feisty lately as well. If the Texans come out and, you know, if if they put something on him, you know, if Trevor throws a couple pick sixes or whatever. So there's that route to get him on the field. The other route is they just up his workload anyway just to go ahead and not give Travis Etienne what – what he had been getting in the past because he's been getting a dominant workload in the past and they're going to want to save him up. So he could just off rip be more involved in the game plan. And we've already seen him score more than a, f- uh, we've seen him score a few breakaway touchdowns and and whatnot on uh, off of regular rushes, off of screen passes and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, I, I think that there are some avenues for, oh, and then as I mentioned, Houston's super terrible against the run. R- running backs eat against them. So, yeah, I-, I think this could set up for him to come out of left field and uh, and potentially do a little work. So yeah, give me Zach Moss and give me Jermichael Hasty,
0: two AFC South running backs. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you laid out um, the road there for Jermichael Hasty it's well within reason that that happened. So not mad at
1: it. I did have one other guy that I was thinking about going with, and it was Isaiah Pacheco, but I didn't think that would be in the spirit of what we're doing here because um, he was – I think he came in at at running back 25 um, on, on the week according to PFF's rankings, number one. And number two, I think more than a good number of people are planning on playing him anyway with expectations of something decent happen because we just watched Denver get pulverized by the damn Rams. So um, you know, I I didn't think going with Pacheco would be would be in the spirit of what we're
0: trying to do, but I did have him on my list. And you just had to spend 30 seconds on talking to him, talking about him, I guess, man.
1: Hey man, I just want to show <laughs> I just want to show the people how good a dude I am, man.
0: <laughs> Gotta mess with you a little bit. Uh, go ahead and close this out. Give me your two wide receivers for you. Let's go crazy. Oh yeah, this
1: one's easy. The, the, this one's easy. DJ Chark versus Chicago.
0: Mm, okay.
1: I love it. Yeah, you know, he's it. he's just yeah, that that, that that man has the potential to be lethal. And um I don't think Detroit is gonna necessarily run away from Chicago. So he has a chance to play a lot that way. Or if Detroit does run away from Chicago, it could be in large part because of a couple uh shark bombs. So yeah, I'm i I'm a rock with him and shark. I'm going to go ahead and assume that what what's up?
0: No, I was just laughing at shark bombs. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Word. That's oh, a scary man. thought. Shark bombs. Anyway. And so, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Christian Watson is out and I'm going to roll with the boy, Romeo Dubs. I'm okay. I'm going to roll with the boy, Romeo Dubs. I, I, yeah. I just think this Minnesota matchup is just so juicy. And um, uh, like I said earlier, I think he'll be at worst, the number two wide receiver as far as number of routes run in the event that Watson sits. So yeah, I, I, I feel good about rolling out Romeo Dubs. So good. I'm going to play him in this little, this little made up contest we're doing, like <laughs> well, guess all fantasy is
0: made up, but still, <laughs> word word. All right, so my two. I'll start off with George Pickens coming in at wide receiver oh. forty one uh, for PFF. Uh, he was three for seventy eight against Baltimore. Um, when was that? Two about two. Well, two games ago um, when they played them. Of course, Miss Trubisky was at the helm then. But I think Pittsburgh can take advantage of this defense passing-wise. I mean, Trubisky did do it, and Pickett is back here. Um, I was going between either Pickens or Deontay because they both fell within that range. But I was like, let's take the Yolo leap on Pickens. But, you know, Pickens had a good game last week, ended up scoring the touchdown, um, had 57 yards on five targets. So. I'm going to feed into that one. Give me George Pickens here against the Ravens. My final pick, I'm going Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Ooh,
1: bam, bam, bam.
0: Coming in this week ranked as PFF's 36 wide receiver. Man, look, this man has given us the cryptic tweets. Uh, We've seen expressions of him not wanting to be here. That man returned to the lineup last week and had a 30% target share. It's like, (laughs) okay, so, so so there's that, right? Then you also have to remember, well, I don't know if you remember, but Jacksonville is Brandon Cook's homecoming game. The past three games against them, He's gone for 16 receptions on 254 yards and two touchdowns. In two of those games, he had 100-plus yard receiving games. And one of those was started by Davis Mills, the other by Tyrod Taylor. Didn't have quite a good performance against Jacksonville earlier this year. But, I mean, you play well against the team. You come back a month later, you get a 30% target share against another AFC South opponent. I like the odds here. Brandon Cooks can go out in glory this week.
1: That's not a bad pick at all. That's not a bad pick at all because, well, just just like on a global level with that, him coming back, like shows that he, you know, he loves football because – I'm sure I wasn't alone. I, you know, a lot of people thought that when he was down with that calf injury, it was a "quote unquote" calf injury. Like he was just like, I'm not about to get hurt playing yeah. for these uh, playing for these suck bags out here. Like this is <laughs> like no. But yeah, th- th- this man wants to this man wants to play some football and at the very least put down some good tape. So yeah, you got that with Nico out. He's even well, even with Nico there, you know, Brandon's the, the clear number one on the team, but but with Nico out, that's even more of um that's even more of a reason to get more targets going his way. So and yeah, Jacksonville's not they're not the best at, at stopping anybody in the past game. So yeah, man, you that's that's strong. I feel that's stronger than my Romeo Dubs pick. So I mean, yeah, good
0: on you. Gang gang. Well, well, I guess what we can do for this, we'll recap it next week. Like, we'll add up the points from these guys, and, you know, we'll just banter on it and have bragging rights as brothers about it. All right. As well we should. As well we should. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and recap last week's I Can Do That segment, and then we'll get into a little DBB. So last week we did do three of these. Yo, boy. Derek Sweppamall went 3 0. Darrell went 2-1. Let's recap. DeAndre Swift. Would he have more fantasy points than Chuba Hubbard? He ain't do that. Chuba finished as RB21 on the week with 12.5 PPR points. DeAndre Swift with a stellar 3.5 points. Finishes RB55. We both nailed it on this, saying he ain't gonna do that. More than tripled that boy up. (laughs) Right. Shoot, almost four times him. But next one, Chig Okonkwo. Would he be a top 10 tight end this week against the Texans? He ain't do that. Finishes tight end 47. Had one catch for 10 yards. We both nailed this one as well. Any Chig Okonkwo notes or thoughts on that one?
1: Well, I mean, you know, just... Um, did Tannehill start that game? No, no, that was Malik Willis. Yeah, that that was, yeah that that was pretty much all I needed to hear. Um, last week on that, I think going forward, you know, if they could, um, I, I think they got a piece in him. I, I think they got something with him, but they got a whole lot of work to do to that team before he can, you know, reach his final form. But He's definitely on the radar for for going forward, that's for sure. Into next season, I mean, going forward.
0: For sure. Especially come best ball time. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be interesting there. I guess finally here we have Drake London. Would he be a top 24 wide receiver against the Ravens? He did that. Seven for 96. On nine targets, he was wide receiver 18 on the week. Daryl said no. Your boy said he would do it. It wasn't confidently, but I did say he would <laughs> do it. And again, a sweet for your boy, gang gang. Yeah, you know what? So like I said
1: last week when we discussed this one, I have no regrets. I will fade this Atlanta passing game every day of the week until something changes over there. So, you know, I I stand by my pick.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go ahead and end the pod here, looking at our last segment, of course, a little DBB, the brothers battle. We're going to go ahead and give you our pick, whether it's the over or under or the spread for tonight's Thursday night game. You got those Dallas Cowboys traveling to Tennessee. Dallas a twelve point favorite. The over under is a juicy forty. I'm being facetious, <laughs> Daryl. What say you, my man?
1: Well, this is so funny that we're in this game kicks off championship week in the fantasy season. And by the time this game reaches like maybe the third quarter or midway through the third quarter, it could very closely resemble an NFL preseason game. Um given all <laughs> the players that will be out and what's expected to happen to oh, Tennessee. Man. Um but I I I'll probably end up feeling like a donkey for this later, but I'm gonna lay the 12 with the Cowboys. Um I, I'm 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 going to do it. I think that like this is one team. This is maybe one of the teams in the league that Dak won't throw his obligatory um, um, his his obligatory interception against. They'll put together a nice, tidy performance, get their work done by the by the end of the third quarter, and then the second, third stringers can come in and just barely hold on that lead to that lead and stave off. A, um, a backdoor cover from the from the Titans, and uh, yeah, and also even if, even if Dallas does run out once um once what's what's his name once Vrabel realizes this thing is out of touch he might out of reach he might go ahead and pull his um his first stringers too because this game means absolutely nothing for them so yeah give give, give me the Cowboys to cover the twelve because they do have a little bit to play for in case Philadelphia falls off so yeah give me that.
0: Yeah, so Dallas definitely has something to play for here, um, again, to stay in that running for the potential bye. But, I mean, it's not its not a whole lot that – I mean, it's not a whole – I don't want to say this. It's not a high chance that that happens. But also on the other side, Tennessee really has nothing to gain here for winning, as we mentioned. Um their, their game is going to be for next week against Jacksonville winner of that wins the division this was tough man because 12 points is a lot of points The back door is always there um we just saw well it was a month ago we saw the Giants get that back door against them I believe it was um during the Thanksgiving game. Dallas has played – this will be their third game in 12 days. They just want to get out of here, man. I'm going to say the under. Okay. I don't expect Tennessee to do much here offensively. I think they can do enough defensively to not necessarily keep it close, but to at least keep it respectable. I'm gonna go with the under.
1: All right. So I got the Dallas minus twelve. You got the under 40. Fight. <laughs> I think this is yeah, gonna be an ugly, ugly game, but um yeah, I can I'll I'll probably watch like every single second of it. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'll be watching some of it too. I don't feel confident like about betting anything on this game outside of a Zeke anytime touchdown. That's about it.
1: And that's got to be coming in at what, like minus three <laughs> fifty?
0: Right? Who knows? man? let me let me take a look. <laughs> oh man! At least on Bovada they have it as minus two oh one. Okay. All
1: right. That's.
0: I mean, that's still kind of crazy because you
1: know. Yeah, I know Tony Pollard is out tonight. Has that been made official? By the way, I know I saw all the reports, but have. It, 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 no, whatever we'll, we'll look at it once once we're done here but yeah if they get their work done early but it happens to be on the back of um of Dak throwing touchdowns then I guess there is maybe a small chance but man Zeke is definitely getting into the end zone tonight so I <laughs> yeah
0: most definitely yep 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 all right my man another podcast down we are here again to championship week The nerves start in thirty minutes plus. Yeah, thirty minutes plus, man. How you feeling? One last time. I'm I'm
1: I'm good. You know, I feel like that um, that thing where you know you you're nervous 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 about the SAT or whatever, (laughs) and then once you walk into it, you're like, "F it, man! I'm here now. Let's just let's just do this." So. Yeah, that's that, that that's how I'm that's how I'm kind of feeling right right now, you know. So I'm excited though, man. I'm excited. I think I got some uh, some good players on the board in my in my in my personal league of record, so it's out of my hands now, more or less.
0: Yeah, man. We we made it here. Just set the lineups, sit back and enjoy some football, y'all. All right. Well, you can reach out to us at the Brothers FF on Twitter. That's D A Brothers FF. I'm Derek. It's my brother Daryl. We out of here. Take it easy.
1: Good luck, y'all. Peace.